I don't know. I mean, I never hallucinated before, but there's a first time for everything. It's a damn springtime for monkeys. Uh, show of hands. Who thinks it's time for these people to leave? This is where you take out all your frustrations and hostilities and just have a good time. Thank you for listening to Hog Story, where I'm wondering, time is money, and space is time. How much is space? I'm Fletcher. Where I am so highbrow that I'll drop trow, I'm Carolyn Blaney. You're the dumbest of asses. You butthole, you're still alive. My map! Huh? 9, 10, 11, 12. Beat your meat until it swells. Beat. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now give me a kiss and say goodnight. Yeah, yeah. Be nice. Well, in the smoker. In the smoker. It's episode 319. I'm feeling fine. That's 319 of Hog Story. That's right. It is a Monday, the 26th of September. It's almost time to wake up Billy Joe Armstrong. Wakey, wakey, Billy Joe Armstrong. Hi, and happy Monday. Happy Monday to you, too. Monday. It's a Monday. Yep, that's right. it's a Monday. It is. I checked the calendar. It said September 26th, 2022. Yes, let's repeat each other. I'm down in the vault, and it's, uh, oh, God, what day is it? Tuesday, I think. (laughs) Uh, Is it Tuesday or Monday? It's, uh, it's... Is it Monday? <laughs> what day is it? It's, I think it's <laughs> That's really pathetic. It's Monday. It's it is Monday. Monday. Okay. Yeah, we're really... <laughs> yeah, I kind of slept all weekend. So anyway, we're here and we're uh, getting started. Yeah, we're getting started. Yeah. They, they say that's the most difficult part is, is getting started. But Who's, who's they? Uh, you know, uh, them. The, the people that made that saying... About getting started. Oh, uh, they say a lot. They certainly do. And uh, I'm enjoying a uh, a Pabst, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. are, are, are you supposed to say the T at the end? Uh, that's probably why they put it there. Oh, okay. I, I mean, sometimes the T can be silent. I think a lot of people don't like Pabst. Well, that's how he said is it. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's Pabst Blue Ribbon. Just getting paid to drink lots of sweet, sweet PBR. That's right. Oh, yeah. And you already and how, opened it? Yeah, I got, I got it open. I don't want to make Do it, it any show. extra yeah. extra noise. Any excessive noise. Oh, well, I'll open my can on the show. Okay. It's Modelo Especial. 
Explosions are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Pull my pants. <laughs> that's a go. fun. Uh, you got a boostogram a... in there. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we had we had a few come in. Um, at the beginning of the show, why don't we read those after we thank our executive producers for this episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, first, I uh, want to thank Node Bit. Node Bit. No debit. Um, he came in with uh, no, he didn't come in with anything. He's just the man with a plan, not named Stan. He uh, he helps us out with all sorts of things like the live stream. And um, if you're listening to us live, well, it's all thanks to Nodebit. He uh, he's got Chad in there. Chad's a bot that does the weather, and um, he uh. Does quotes from Trailer Park Boys. He'll do uh, .fml, which is Fuck My Life from Reddit. He does all sorts of stuff, that Chad. And my chat clip. Oh, there it is. We need justice for Chad! We do. Stacy as well. She's the Discord relay bot. That's the reason you can see the boostograms come in while you're in the chat. Live as they happen. Which is very cool. And that's all thanks to Nodebit. So, thanks, motherfucker. He, uh, he does a lot for us. Also, Void Zero helped us out uh, at the beginning of the show with uh, the website, server space, that sort of deal. And um, we very much appreciate that from him. And, Absolutely. And, uh, oh, is this? Whip, whip, whip. Yeah, that's what I meant to have for no bit. I couldn't find it. I didn't have it. Uh, it's appropriate. Yeah. You gotta hit it again. Whip, whip, whip. There we go. Yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, coming in with some hard-earned hogaroos, it's uh, it's BP is Bravo Papa. Oh, Bravo Papa! Thank you, Bravo Papa. Coming in with ten hogaroos, and that's a monthly subscription. So thanks very much for that. Um, I think that was the last one uh, since the previous show. If you want to read the boostograms that came in uh, before the show and the one you heard uh, at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just uh, pull those up here. Okay. So we've got uh, a boostergram from uh, Pfeiffer, the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. And he comes in with, uh, uh, whoop, let me, hold on. Give me a second. I, I was reading it from the wrong piece. Give me a second. Okay. Got to make sure it's on Telegram. Then it gives me the accurate boostergrams. You're a slacker. Um, that, that's, uh, you know, okay, so, ah, there we go. Okay, so uh, f- the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer comes in with uh, with the uh, boostergram from Fountain with 777 sats, and he says, Yes, hello, Carolyn. I'm sending you a boostergram. Well, thank you, Pfeiffer. He hosts a, a show uh, with Rusty Apples uh, before the uh, Sunday before my uh, calculations the- are correct when this baby hits 88 miles per hour you're gonna see some serious shit for my pants yeah before the uh uh rock and roll pre-show on sundays uh that's it's right. the two-hour folk hour sunday with- morning two-hour folk hour that's right it's very fun um and then we've got another boostergram uh thanks Pfeiffer. from Thanks, Pfeiffer. And we got another booster gram uh, coming from Boost CLI, uh, 33,333 sats. Whoa. From Boo Berry. 
Hey, Peekaboo, how you doing? And Booberry says, boost my bitch up. Thank wow, you, Booberry. Oh, your yeah, your outfit's so beautiful. Very nice. And then we got another. <laughs> another one from Booberry there with uh, six thousand six hundred sixty-six sets. Wow, boobs. Um, he said, "Uh, I I've been so bad. I've been so bad. I want you to put me on the wheel. I want you to put me on the wheel. Uh, no. Uh, put me on the wheel." Uh-oh, uh, yeah, all right, T, yeah, tie me up, all right, all right, yeah, all right, now spank me. <laughs> Very cool, thank you, Booberry. Indeed. <laughs> and we got another, uh, oh, wait, we got a, on, on. yeah, oh. uh, uh, it's all right, never mind. Oh, we got, we got another, uh, Boostergram from, uh, Booly Steed. And she's coming in from Fountain, and she, she sends us uh, 333 sats. And she says, Kitsuni, if I, I hope I pronounce, pronounce that correctly, Kitsuni says, hooey hooey, test. Well, uh, a, a jo jubilant hooey hooey to you as well, Bully Steed and Kitsuni. Have fun being married to Satan! <laughs> <laughs> what is this hooey hooey? Uh, it was uh, it was uh, on no agenda. Uh, the the prime minister of um, New Zealand. She was uh, she had some read uh, in in the in, in the native language, some native language in uh, New Zealand, and she said hooey hooey, and that was a very uh, that and and it uh, it resonated across the show and beyond the show. <laughs> wow. That's pretty racist, but correct. <laughs> Bully Steed also comes in with three 19 sets saying ITS teased. And then another 3,333 sets saying ITS a Monday. A Monday. Well, thanks, Bully Steed. Monday. Yes, and thank you, Bully Steed. Booberry, thank you very much, sir. Uh, and uh, all of you. Uh, Pfeiffer as well. Satan. That goes out to whoever it's applicable toward. <laughs> Especially the hooey hooey. Uh, whatever that means. I, I still don't know what it means. Uh, uh, I don't either, but it, it, it was pretty funny. It, she kept saying it. Oh. So which which makes me wonder, maybe maybe that that just means Satan. I don't know. It probably does. That's what I would guess. I'm going to say yes. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Pull my pants. Some serious shit. Serious shit, you guys. Well, that's excellent. Are we, uh, do, do we have any, any, do we have any voicemails? I mean, we, we have a voicemail, um, that, and we ask a question. So we wanted to know, uh, if you could travel through time, where would you go? What time would you be in? Let us know. 430-201-4841. And you can, you can let us know by That's leaving right. us a voicemail. We, uh, we have a jingle um, just for that. And it'd help if I was ready.
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. you hit me with a voicemail? Oh, all right. Let me uh, get that right. Your phone is always fucking with you. Please call now. Call 911. Um, well, at work, I always wear, uh, it's not really dress pants. They're like those active pants, but they look like, uh, they look kind of like maybe like dress pants or like guys would wear to go hiking. But they're stretchy and kind of comfortable. Flex wear. And usually a polo with a t-shirt underneath. Marco. Yeah, it's pretty, polo. uh, Marco. pretty lame. Polo. Uh, but when I get home, uh, the t-shirt stays. Marco. Throw on some, uh, stretchy polo. like basketball or, uh, that kind of short athletic shorts, uh, for comfort, obviously. He's not planning to work out or do anything athletic. He did. Mind athletic. you, but. The uh, traditional large guy uh, outfit. Marco. And I'll try and rock that all the way as Rubio. far as I can. Usually the, the, the thing that changes Rubio. is the, the footwear because uh, flip-flops, it gets a little chilly <laughs> for them. Uh, so, yeah, transition into a, uh, a sneaker of some sort, tennis shoe. That, that is trans uh, now? Around the house, uh, a pair of socks and a nice pair of slippers on that wear too much. Socks and Kinda slippers. Like nice. In the summertime, but yeah. Yeah. My wardrobe is quite sad. <laughs> in the summer. <laughs> Marco. Polo. Thanks, Ned. That was from last week. Ah, yes. Yes. We were asking people uh, about their fall fashions and what, they, what, their, what their fall fashions are about. Thank you, Net Ned. Let's see. Uh, let's try this one. Hi. I was just Hi. calling in to let you guys know that you reminded me all of my last year's clothes have spoiled now in storage. So I went shopping spoiled. online for my new fall fashions. Woo! And what did I stumble upon? What? Oh, wait, we played this one. Oh. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Uh-huh, okay. Wow. I'm tarted. I'm a special kind of tard. Let's, uh... Oh, I know why. It's because I didn't hit anybody. Ah! Fair. This is why we don't go mm. into tapes. But I called my wife and I said, How good was it, darling? Monday, Monday, Monday. It's Monday. Monday That's Carolyn right. Fletcher hey, Monday. Uh, going the time thing. Uh, thing. I think... Marco. Probably go back to Hello. when my dad met my mom. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, start a sitcom. I mean, they still got together and everything. Hence why I'm calling you guys. But that's a, um, yeah, that's true. Same with mine. Kind of injured and it, it's kind of taking a toll on him. Uh, so um, probably help protect my help protect my dad. Because um, when my dad, unfortunately, my dad was a little bit of a perv, but uh, kind of a tom of peeping, some might say. Was he up in a but, tree? Uh, he had climbed up in a tree and huh. and uh, climbed up in a tree and was checking her out. And uh, then he fell. And then my mom, my mom, well, my mom now, you know, she's my mom now. Mm-hmm. But her is, uh, yeah. Anyway, he came off all, but uh, helped him helped him out. And uh, that's how they met. 
So I'd probably go back in time to to go take a to like make sure I guess he still saw her, but that he didn't mm-hmm. get as injured. So I like kind of hurt his head and whatnot when he fell, and like I said, some uh, longer term stuff. But I guess I'd have to go like back in time and make sure that like she doesn't see me, kind of thing. Because that'd be weird if I like pushed him out of the way and then like she fell for me and. I don't know. That that get kind of weird. Uh, and yeah. Oh yeah. Have to be we careful. don't go there. So no. Yeah. yeah. Don't I mean, find out about that. Out that. I don't know. It's. But, I, I know think they have. Don't want to so. even think about that because that just good. Mom would be so. All right. That interest. Christopher Battles. No, you got to be careful with that because you don't want to be, you know, erased. Erased from existence. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was uh, reading about um, what there is. There is uh, something called the grandfather paradox, um, and I and I have this uh, entry from uh, Plato.Stanford.edu. Uh, The most important objection to the logical possibility of backwards time travel is the so-called grandfather paradox. This paradox has actually convinced many people that backwards time travel is impossible. But, I mean, here's something. The dead giveaways, the true time travel is flatly impossible, arises from the well-known paradoxes it entails. The classic example, what if you go back into into the past and kill your grandfather when he was still a boy? So so complex and hopeless are the paradoxes that are the easiest way, the rational chaos that results in the suppose, suppose it is to suppose that uh, true time travel is and forever will be impossible. Yeah, I mean, so like if your if your dad didn't like hit his head and he was like looking at your mom in a tree, I mean, you know, she probably wouldn't have like, oh, oh, Christopher Battle's future daddy, uh, uh. <laughs> Whoa, this is heavy. Is your, is your head okay? Heavy. I want to so make sure you're okay. Uh, never mind. All right. So, yeah. But, yeah, she probably wouldn't have uh, gone ahead and fawned over him. And then maybe you wouldn't have existed. Like, again, again, this is like some small stuff that could affect you existing now. That, that's, it's just a thought. That's all. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. See, and you might need a flux capacitor. That would help. Uh, does it run like on, on regular unleaded gasoline? Unfortunately, no. It requires something with a little more kick. Plutonium. Yes. Wow. I wonder how much plutonium per gallon that would be. Let us know. 430-201-4841. I mean, I already know the answer. It's kind of obvious. Ah, so $7 a gallon for plutonium. Something like that. That's cool. That's good to know. Well, do do uh, do you have any, do we have any more voicemails or do well, yeah, we... but I don't want to play them all at one time. Okay. Well, what do you got? Did I, did I lose you? Hello? Ah, Fletcher might be on mute or something. Or I know what's going on. Uh, what happened to Fletcher? Hmm. I don't know. There's something, but I don't hear him anymore. I don't know if he hears my voice. 
Podcaster down. Yep. Not too sure what's going on. Hmm. Oh. All right. That was weird. Oh, that's what was uh, weird. The, oh, you're back. Yeah, the little preamp thing fucked up. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I totally missed all of what you said. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I stopped talking as soon as I realized it wasn't coming through. Um, oh. Uh, well, uh, there's a lot of shit, man. Because uh, time travels, time travels weird. Um, it can, uh, it can get, it can get heavy. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yeah. So before we get started, interesting fact, we're just a few hundred feet away from the New Mexico border, which is in the mountain time zone. So if you go up the road just a bit, it's an hour earlier. Whoa. So we can, like, travel through time? Well, no, that's not how it works. It's just a different time zone. Whoa. Did you hear that, Beavis? He said we can travel to future time zones. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Let's do that. Uh let's have you, there are uh, some some people out there that claim to be time travelers. Some of them are pretty famous. Have you ever heard of John Teeter? No, I have not. You have not. No. Holy crap. This was like my favorite thing in the early 2000s. I had heard about it probably 2003 and I'm pretty sure it was node bit that uh, uh, clued me in on this guy. <laughs> and um, man, I, I even back then I dove into it because he claimed to be a, tra- a time traveler from uh, the year 2036 and he had come back to our time. Whoa. Yeah. So if you don't, if you don't know, there's, there's a fuck ton of resources out there. And I will, um, I'll put them in the show notes. There's a My lot. My calculations are correct. Oh. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Oh, my pants. Serious, serious shit. People are putting their shitting pants back on. That's right. Because pants shitting is definitely happening. No, I will share links, um, in the show notes or, uh, just as they come up in the, in the conversation, um, because... Like I said, this was the early 2000s, and this was on message boards back then. So, uh, lots of reading, lots of reading. But he had claimed to co- that he came uh, back from 2036 because he needed to get an IBM uh, 5100 computer. And so, uh, let me just see if I've got any clips that talk about it. Uh, no, not yet. Um, well, not yet. Not, not now. Uh, he needed this 5100 IBM because it could program in basic and APL, which is a programming, uh, a programming language is uh, literally what it stood for. And it, uh, it also had the capacity to, to write in older computer code, like from the sixties. And that's the interesting thing was Back in 99, 2000, 2001, that time, nobody knew that the IBM 5100 could write in older computer code. They knew about the basic and the APL, but that wasn't a function that IBM had 
had come out with because they didn't want this thing to um, take away from other IBM products. So they told their, their engineers working on the thing to just not tell anybody that it had the ability, that it had this older computer code emulator into it. And they still won't tell you how to access it if you do have a 5100. But that was one of the things that was interesting as well as his the pictures of his time machine. Um, so, and there are a lot of pictures that he shared. Like, oh, let me find one, and then we can we can discuss it here. Uh, copy image address, and I'm gonna drop it into a le chat so you can check it out. Now, this. Uh, thank you, Telegram. Thank you. I love how things oh, just like take over my screen. Um, oh no, 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 no! You're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I- so that's uh, in the back, in the back of his car, uh, which he uh, he said was like a uh, like a '68 Corvette. If you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Yeah, that's right. Put it in a Corvette. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, hell, I'll just uh, I'll just share this whole uh, this whole page here. Fuck yeah, we're talking about John Teeter, Node Bit. Uh, you'll have to scroll to, scroll down. A good ways, uh, most of the way down to to where you see uh, that picture is figure nine, figure ten. It's him showing how um, his the drive for that car, which uses two black holes, two tiny little black holes to bend space. He's showing how <laughs> it's bending a laser light in figure ten. Oh yeah. Description. Okay. Uh, it says this is a picture taken in the fall of 2035 during my training. It shows my instructor beaming a handheld laser outside the vehicle during operation. The beam is being bent by the gravitational field produced outside the vehicle by the distortion unit. Distortion unit. The beam is visible through smoke that is coming from his cigar. Mm. Oh, I see him holding a cigar. Yes. That's cool. Sure. It's real. <laughs> um... But I'll share links to like all his posts and whatnot. Uh, but you know, he he said he had to go back to '75 to get this uh, IBM computer. Then he came to the to like '98, '99 to visit his parents and get some old family photos because he said that that there were things uh, that were going to happen, like um, an American Civil War, which was supposed to start in 2004. And then a nuclear war with Russia that was going to be bad. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Where are my pants? Where are my pants? Hmm. Yes. Um, well, oh, yeah. Uh, 2015 was supposed to be the war uh, with Russia. Nuclear war, and it's supposed to kill a billion people. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, neither did the shit that was supposed to happen in 2015 uh, as portrayed in Back to the Future 2. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so obviously, a lot of people didn't believe this guy. <clears throat> but what I didn't realize was that um, it had all started on on uh, Coast to Coast AM. Are you aware of that show with Art Bell? Yes, I am. Yeah, he, uh, you know, Art Bell had that part of his show where uh, you could send in a fax if you didn't want to make a phone call. 
Oh, cool. So he'd, so, he'd get that fax sound like. Yeah, yeah. Or, or is that when you send it? I, oh. I think it's when you send a fax, you get that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The grumpy old Ben's uh, starter sound. Yes. Yes. Which is a fax machine um, sound. And so if you want to listen, it's about five minutes and we can pause it if you want. But it's okay. But it's Art Bell reading this uh, fax he got. Of course, the person didn't identify himself as John Teeter uh, yet. That came later. And faxes, how like um, just to give give us a, an idea, like how long of facsimiles, which that's the that's the full word. When how long have they been around for? Let's see. Oh, for a while. Uh, for you look that up. Let me start this. Okay. Oh, there's your fax noise. I had a fax when I heard other time travelers calling in from any time past the year 2500 A.D. Please let me explain. Time travel was invented in 2034. Offshoots of certain successful fusion reactor research allowed scientists at CERN to produce the world's first contained singularity engine. The basic design involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. By altering the speed and direction of rotation, you can travel both forward and backward in time. Time itself can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you travel on your original timeline. When you turn the singularity engine off, a new timeline is created due to the fact that you and your time machine are now there. In other words, a new universe is created. To get back to your original line, you must travel a split second farther back and immediately throw the engine into forward without turning it off. Some interesting outcomes of this are 1. You meet yourself. I have done it often, even taken a younger version of myself along for a few rides before returning myself to the new timeline and going back to mine. Two, you can alter history in the new universe that you have just created. Most of the time, the changes are subtle. Sometimes I'll notice car models that don't exist or books that come out late. The oldest one was a skyscraper that wasn't built in a near favorite store of mine in New York. Interestingly, when you travel in time, you must compensate for the orbit of the Earth. Since the time machine doesn't move, you have to adjust the engine so you remain on the planet when you turn it off. Unfortunately, it was also discovered that anyone going forward in time from my 2036 hit a brick wall in the year 2564. Everyone who has ever been there has reported, has reported that nothing exists. When the machine is turned off, you find yourself surrounded by blackness and silence. Now, most time travelers are trying to find out where the line went bad by going into the past, creating a new universe, and proceeding forward to see if the same thing results in 25 64. It appears the line went bad around the year 
2000. Oh, you don't say. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. And, one, and, Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. Two, the government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. Three, a power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but is mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. Four, a few years later, communal government... Wait, 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 wait. He's going through this list. Let me go through this list of things that are supposed to happen. Yeah, yeah. Something about two thousand. That was that was. That's like, when it all started. That's when it all because, started. Like, yeah, everything ceased to be at twenty five sixty four, and it all started in the year two thousand. Oh, sorry, in the year two thousand. Yeah. That's when it. That's when it started. People die on the highways. Wait, wait. A new universe and proceeding forward to see if the same thing. I'm here now, in this time, to test a few theories of mine before mm -hmm. going forward. Now, for the future, you might want to know about. One, Y2K is a disaster. Many people die on the highways when they freeze to death trying to get to warmer weather. Two, didn't happen. the government tries to keep power by instituting martial law, but all of it collapses when their efforts to bring the power back up fail. Three, uh -huh. a power facility in Denver is able to restart itself, but the is airport? mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. This convinces most that maybe we shouldn't bring the old system back up. Okay. Four, a few years later, Communal government system is developed after the Constitution takes a few twists. Oh? China retakes Taiwan. Uh -huh. Israel wins the largest battle for their life, and Russia is covered in nuclear snow from their collapsed reactors. Sweet. Hmm. Art, the reason I'm here now mm -hmm. is because I believe a nuclear weapon set off by Iraq in the Middle East war with Israel might have something to do with the damaged timeline. Uh -huh. I will test that theory and get back to you. How? Please pray that we discover the reason why there is no apparent future after 2564. So I couldn't resist. I thought that was quite a good fax. There you have it. Yeah. There you have it. Hmm. Heavy. So... so that's that's uh but that's the Gregorian calendar assuming like it's Are you not telling me that this sucker is nuclear there's so many other calendars out there okay I see your point there uh-huh you know like like uh I mean but we all use it so do we change in the in the future do we change calendars and then that confused everybody well, in the past, like in the in the past, uh, we we have changed uh, various no, calendars. No, I know, but like he's just referring to the like the years. Like we all we all refer to the years in the same way now, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I know we changed it from one calendar to another, but now we all use the same calendars. So, 
in order for him to be confused about what time it is, they would have to be using a different calendar in the future. Yeah, yeah. And it, well, it, it, that assumes we they still use the same calendar. I, I don't know. I, it's a, yeah. I know. I'm just uh, okay. But yeah, no. Um. So there, there's that, and uh, that whole thing about John Teeter. It was uh, it was fun when it was around. You know. Well, I mean, I found out about it in '03, and he was supposedly already gone in uh, the year two two thousand and one, and um, and, and so. You know, uh, it, it's fun to think about, and it's fun when people, like, make their predictions on stuff like that. Uh, it didn't come true. The only interesting thing was the computer. Uh, what I didn't know, because I don't watch anime, is that there was an anime called Steins Gate that, was, uh, that had stuff based on this, uh, this whole John Teeter thing. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, and I found a guy... This is pretty funny. This is a guy on YouTube called Weeb Jail. Yeah. Do you know who that is? I do not. Oh. Um, like, come on. I'm not even a weeb. He's got he's got some... He had just found out that Steins Gate was based on John Teeter, so he went and looked up John Teeter, and uh, this is uh, his commentary. Okay. What really blows my mind is just how much of this garbage Steinsgate managed to use. Here's his explanation for world line divergence. The measurement for world line divergence is an observation variable isolated to the distortion unit. An effective analogy would be a gravity radar. The unit sensors take a snapshot of the local gravity around the unit before a flight. So this doesn't um, explain anything or make any sense at all. Did this motherfucker unironically write this, thinking everyone would be too stupid to realize that it doesn't mean anything? I think he's too stupid to realize that it doesn't mean anything because he does not even have a little bit of an idea of how space-time actually works. Like, he actually takes the time to explain how it's super interesting, how you have to adjust for the orbit of the Earth because the time machine doesn't actually move. Now, there are several reasons why this is stupid. The main one is that it's not just the Earth that's moving, the solar system is moving in the galaxy, and the galaxy is moving in the universe. So if he knew anything about physics, he would have mentioned that. And the second reason this is stupid is because space and time are the same thing, so this is an entirely moot concept. And he specifically says that his time machine moves through time, not space, meaning not only did he fail to have a basic understanding of physics before writing this, this literally contradicts what he wrote about having to compensate for the movement of the Earth. Like, does your machine move or not? Make up your fucking mind, dude. Making, uh, making real good use of that physics degree I was getting before I flunked out, eh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. I thought that was good. Uh, yeah. No, we all know what makes time travel possible. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. And uh, one last clip from Weeb Jail here. Uh, which I also thought was funny. In short, John Titer is the original boomer. He's your uneducated, redneck, backwater uncle if he decided to write about time machines. When I first heard about John Titer and saw how he was the original inspiration for Steinsgate, I thought, wow, this is so cool. But after reading it, I am just shocked because it is so much worse than I could ever possibly have imagined. So let me just leave you with this one last quote. 
perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future. This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civilly ignorant sheep. Ah yes, the kids these days, Crip. The siren song of every generation as it fades into irrelevance. Afraid of being replaced by people who are younger, smarter, and more educated than those who came before. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an interesting tell. Um, yeah. From uh, John Teeter. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music these days, and like, <laughs> we used to like, you know, we live now. We're not like the 2000s. Um, then I found a guy that did a whole fuckload of research finding out who John Teeter actually is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's listen to this guy. His name is, uh, John Houston. He's also on the YouTubes and, uh, let's find what his actual name is. I, uh, I may have to get back to you on that. But yeah, let's listen to this first clip of him saying like why he wanted to find out. On Twitter, I've been bothered by many a John Teeter fanboy, extreme cult believer member, if you will. Someone that just goes off to the extreme a little bit and they just fantasize and love John Teeter. He's their hero. They almost worship him. I wanted to put stuff like that to an end. I saw the early stages of that in 2004 when I first saw the reaction of the current fans in 2004. I was determined alone by wanting to give some of these fanatical people's lives back by showing, hey, this guy's not a real time traveler. You know, it's just entertainment, right? It's the more people said you can't find him, the more I wanted to find him. So that was a bit of a motivating driving factor. Fanboys, hmm. giving him a hard time. Those fanboys. That's what. That's what. That's what they do. Uh is a all about a hard time. Got a long ass channel name is John Rasmus Houston Mysterials. Mysterials. He's got to fit fit that Ghost all hunting? in. Yeah, <laughs> into his name, ghost hunting, uh, aliens uh, versus predator. Yeah, I, I don't know. He should just... have had that in there. <laughs> he. he... So, John Rasmus yeah. Houston Mysterialis Ghost Hunting or just YouTube at Hoax Hunter. Just make that dude Hoax Hunter. Hoax Hunter. <laughs> no, uh, it, but it is interesting how um, he found out through just looking around researching there was a a guy named uh, Lawrence Haber that uh, claimed to be a, a lawyer for someone uh, close to John Teeter or some shit like that, but not for John Teeter himself. But he couldn't say because, you know, client privilege sort of deal. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. And and then he stumbled on uh, a brother of Lawrence called Maury, Maury uh, Haber. And uh, this was interesting, what what this guy, uh, John Houston, found out. Maury is the computer expert of the entire family. He worked for EI Security when I found his existence in 2011. And in 2011, I searched and read every single one of Maury Haber's blog posts. And I guess they were technically articles on cybersecurity. That's it. He continually said IBM is stronger than Apple on this. Apple's not as secure as you think it is. 
hackers can hack your Apple laptops. And so he had a theme of loving IBM, praising IBM, and kind of saying, you know, Apple's not as strong as the media is leading you to believe. There are hackers that focus on hacking Apple users. And that's something John Teeter seemed to be a fan of concerning the IBM, praising IBM. Yeah, hmm. there, there is that. Uh, I think there's more. We know whoever John Teeter was, Maury Haber, <laughs> knew a secret about IBM, knew the secret of the Y2K four-digit date archiving system, dates time system was four digits. So uh, 1999 would have changed to 2000, whereas most computers uh, would have only had two digits. Uh, 99 um, to 00. Oh, stop this. Hold on. Problem. So a friend of mine um, has a Apple Newton. And if oh, you don't okay. know what an Apple Newton is, uh, it's basically like um, a beige it, it, box. It, it, it was it was uh, it was a rival to the Palm Pilot. Oh, I do believe. Oh, um, okay. Where you could you where you could write stuff out onto a onto this touch screen, and we dug it up uh, and turned it on, and it was Y two K compatible. Nice. It went past 1999, which is uh, something interesting. Um, so when did that it, come out, the Newton? The Newton, that was uh, Apple Newton. I'm just looking that up. I, I believe that was like the early, early. Okay, so it released was uh, 92, 1992. Oh, oh yeah, it would have uh, been sorry, Y2K. Was, yeah, 90, 92, 93 uh, was actually released. Um, was a 93, yeah. I think they were concerned about all these old, um, these older systems from uh, the yes. 70s and 80s that hadn't uh, thought about it. But mm. as we all know, because we're all here, nothing happened. Power didn't go down. Traffic lights didn't stop. You know, none of that shit. Nothing went nuclear. Rockets didn't launch with IC with warheads. You know, the space station didn't come crashing down. No. <laughs> none of that shit. No. Uh, let's see what else he's got. Let me rewind it. Uh, 99 to 00. Oh, yeah, we know, the we know what, problem. Yeah, we know the problem. Maury Haber knew that an obscure IBM from the 70s, the IBM 5100, whatever the case, that had this uh, four-digit uh, security feature built into it, he knew nerdy IBM stuff like that because he's a super IBM nerd. Nerd. And that's where I really started comparing the texts between Maury Haber's EI security articles and John Teeter's texts. There's a lot of texts, a lot of articles, a lot of posts. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, that's where it, that's where uh, the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. But where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> but no, um, and that's, uh, that's really where he got him. So let me, let me play that. I compared and compared and compared. I found five word phrases that matched exactly. A five word phrase here, a four word phrase there, a three word phrase there, two word phrase there. Very obscure one word usages that not too many people use in that context there. The texts between the two. I found a program uh, created by a doctor. 
I believe works for a school. He, he invented it to find plagiarism among his students, to see if his students were cheating uh, on their homework. And they were. And I used it to compare John Teeter's text between Maury Haber's. It was definitive to an extreme degree. Maury Haber, his texts, his words, his language, his fingerprint. Everyone has a fingerprint. Everyone has a way of saying things. Everyone has a way of combining sentences. Good grammar, bad grammar. Okay. Uh, the music, that's uh, that's from... This is an interview he gave to uh, uh, a channel called Anomaly Documentaries. Mm -hmm. So that's where the music comes from. Oh, okay. But on John Houston's site, you can... He's got videos showing the text comparison with uh, John Teeter's messages and uh, and Maury Haber's uh, articles that he's written about tech security and things. And one last thing, we got uh, this conclusion here from from uh, John Houston, uh, which what what did he call himself? Rasmus, John Rasmus. Hmm. There are many red flags. Many many red flags. Uh, John Teeter broke character once and said, only idiots don't believe what I'm saying and they never will. Something to that effect in all caps over one of his posts. I'm like, wow, this, he was offended when people didn't believe in him. Uh, so John Teeter, the fictional character created by Maury Haber. Maury Haber did get frustrated when people didn't believe in him. Uh, but I think Maury Haber abandoned the entire project and. 2000, 2001, went about his life, is a cybersecurities expert, knew key details about IBM computers, because he's an IBM nerd, very much nerd. dislikes Apple computers. John Teeter mentioned Apple computers zero times in all of his posts. You think a time traveler that could see the future would see iPhones, would see Yeah, iPhones, that's true. But yeah. no. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep, it yep. Would have saw iPhones all day long. All day, every day, iPads. Yep, yep. Yep, he would have talked about how the Zune will be a failure. Yeah, and, and that uh, iMac will become a Mac Studio <laughs> or something. I don't know what it's <laughs> called anymore. <laughs> I don't either. But no, I, uh, I uh, commend that guy for doing all that, that research to find out. And this is all fairly recently, too. That's an interesting to compare the language of, uh, um, of John Teeter. And, and it's like, oh, he wouldn't have mentioned Apple. That's that's interesting. Well, yeah, because there are still people, and I, I've seen it ever since uh, initially um, reading about John Teeter. There, there are still people out there today that think um, he was really a time traveler and, like, really knew stuff. And, like, the only reason um, his predictions were wrong was uh, timeline divergence, you know? Mm -hmm. We made a new universe and him coming back like altered the timeline even just a little to where now uh, now the dates have changed for things. <laughs> now given like there is some civil unrest, there are still riots going on and all that shit and there is the whole um you know 50-50 split you could say in the country of left versus right or whatever conservative liberal bullshit. But is it a flat out civil war? Nah. I mean, you know uh, what's his face? Charlie Manson thought there'd be a civil uh, civil war by now, but that was a race war. Mm. Russia yeah. hasn't blowed anybody up. No. <laughs> but yeah, there are people that are like, no, no, he, he, he's fucking real. Well, unfortunately, he he's probably not. But I mean, 
I wanted to think that. The pictures are cool. I mean, how'd yeah. you get the laser light to bend? Yeah, that's pretty cool. 90s Photoshop, that's how. <laughs> or just things are heavy in the future. Whoa, this is heavy. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Yeah. The laser's just getting My flaccid. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Pull my pants. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, uh, how much power you need? 1.21 gigawatts! 1.21 gigawatts! That's how many. Yep. Yep. No, uh, so, sad news for everybody listening. John Teeter's not real. Not real? What? <laughs> yep. I thought this was a real guy. Nope. Let's go find a flamethrower so we can come back and blow him up. Jeez. You might want to do that. Hmm. But you can only do that if... I'll be back in time. That's it. You want to read some boostograms? Let's read some boostograms. We've got some that are coming in. Yeah, they're coming in hot. Um, We got one from... Uh, oh, we got one from... Uh, let's see here. Uh... Oh, uh, from uh, from Fountain, uh, Mary Kate Ultra came in with 5,555 sats, and she says, yeah, boys and girls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Mary Kate Ultra. Any girl and, who calls up a boy is just asking for trouble. Oh, and we got another one from Booberry. Ew. Uh, he, Comes in from uh, Boost CLI with sixty nine sixty nine sats, and he's got an MP three. Can you play this MP three? Sure, why not? Try getting a reservation at Dorsey now, you fucking stupid bastard! I love it. Thank you, Booberry. Thank you. And uh, we got another well, one. Yeah, I want to read some of them. Just oh, okay. Just yeah, go on ahead. through them. Uh, we got one. Well, this is. An anonymous person? It says the time traveler came in with 33,666 at the time traveler. He, uh, well, here's what he did. He came back, I'll be back in time. to send us those sets. He says, I know oh, yeah. where I came from. Where did all you zombies come from? Well, yeah, the the zombie factory. That's right. Called public school. <laughs> oh, this guy might be high. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? No. <laughs> no, thank you. 33,666. We like all these numbers. These are good numbers. Oh, somebody. Yeah, Booberry did 6969. I didn't yes, even did. uh, get a chance to uh, to play the obligatory. 69! 69, dudes! And also. <laughs> all I do is eat ass in 69 Nintendos, bro, every day. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What about this one? Oh, look. Weirdo came in with 3,333 sets saying, In the smoker, hog fam. This teeter fella sounds like a story from r slash no sleep that got taken seriously and blown out of proportion. But then again, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Unless you go back in time, then it's right whenever. So you never really know about some things. There's a grain of truth in there somewhere, but it's almost assuredly coated in a thick layer of bullshit. Yes. Yes, weirdo. Yes. 
yes. you are correct. There, there's always a grain of truth in things. That's what they do when they release movies. They put in a little grain of truth in amongst all that bullshit. There's no nutrients in bullshit. No, nope, that's true. Oh, that's why it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the boostergrams, everybody. Everybody. And uh, how about a voicemail? Hit me with a voicemail. Oh, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Are you going to cry? Piss your pants, maybe? Maybe shit and come? This is why we don't go into tapes. I'll be back. Monday, Monday, Monday. Oh, we played My you already. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles <laughs> nice. per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. Pull my pants. I'll be back in time. We'll read that one after this voicemail. Uh, uh, where would I time travel? Marco. Uh, Marco. I'd like to say I'd Polo. <laughs> travel back to younger me. Found you. Smack the shit out of me. You mean me? And uh, say, uh, Fletcher, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, exactly. no, just kidding. <laughs> um, I uh, get one of these. I don't know. Uh, would you maybe go to like Dealey Plaza and like go stand next to somebody and be like, <laughs> "Wait, you see what's gonna happen next?" And then right as soon as it happens, go pow like that. Really. Like, you'd probably get arrested. Yeah. You'd end, uh, Jack, Jack Ruby would shoot you. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I don't, is there other, Woodstock? I don't know, I watched that documentary, it was dirty there. Yeah. I don't know if I want to hang out in that. It, uh, don't do the brown ass. I guess man. maybe if you stayed back a ways, but would you get the full experience? But it looked like, up close, it was, uh, mud pit from hell. From hell. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe some of the the wars, but then you maybe get shot. Nobody wants to get shot. What are you making a Wolverine no. movie? Shot. Don't want to get Unless shot. Unless it's no. shots, doing shots somewhere. Oh, shot, shot, shot. Shot yeah. to somebody famous, like. Hmm. You could always oh, do that. Castro. Oh yeah. You wouldn't want to. Mm. Wouldn't want to do shots with Hitler. He's probably a dick when he's drunk. You might want to. Don't do shots with Hitler. That's Just straight forty-two shots. And the smoker. And the smoker, Ned Ned. You never know if you go back in time uh, to do shots with Hitler. I mean, I'll be back in time. to do shots with Hitler, <laughs> then you, uh, you create an alternate universe and maybe he's not a dick. Maybe people liked his paintings in that alternate universe and therefore he didn't become a dick. Tater. Yeah, maybe he just I mean, uh, potato somebody. Richard or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, he could have just enjoyed a, a shot while it was painting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he had paintbrushes uh, like that instead of a mustache like that. Yeah, that same shape. And you see here, this is uh, this is my favorite paintbrush. <laughs> I don't know why I like it, but I do. I don't think Hitler thought like that, but he might have. Maybe you'd always go back in time and tell him. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? You could tell that. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one. Uh, I'm going to make some weird shit. Oh, yeah. 
Call me if you want to live. I'm on speed dial, too. Joe Biden said come, and most of them come with a phone number. They do. Like this caller. Uh, but uh, hey. another actually real, probably more, more accurate thing that I'd want to go to would be uh, mm-hmm. is, uh, July 2nd, 1863. And uh, just kind of like a quick summary of uh, this cook, this uh, this cook, this book called The Butterfly Effect by Andy Andrews. Um, mm-hmm. Real short read, kind of like on a little coffee table, like foot through it in a few, I don't know, 20, 30 minute kind of thing. But uh yeah, July 2nd, 1863, and there was uh, this guy, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, and he'd been like a school teacher, and he was then fighting, and uh, all of a sudden, like, his commander or whatever died, and then he all of a sudden, now he's put in charge, and he got to the point where um, they were, like, on the very tail end of the Confederate fighting and stuff like that, and he knew that if if they got past them, that the Confederates or whatever would just completely take over. And uh, it got to the point where they were just losing, losing, run out of ammo. There was no help, no backup or anything like that. And a little bit of quote from the book, it says, uh, for like all of a sudden, they yeah, they ran out of ammo and all of a sudden they're just like, well, we don't want to die with, or he didn't want to die with a bullet in his back and everybody else wanted to retreat kind of deal. So he just kind of got herd mentality, I guess, and just like, nope, charge. And, uh, Kind of quote him from the book here. It says, for when the Confederate troops saw Chamberlain, the leader of the opposition, mount the wall, they immediately stopped, unsure to what was happening. And when the colonel pointed his sword toward them and commanded his men to charge, they turned and ran. Many threw down their weapons. The rebels were certain that these were not the same soldiers that had been facing. Surely these men had been reinforced, they thought. A beaten regiment would not charge. In less than five minutes, Chamberlain had his sword on the collarbone of the Confederate captain. So, and skipping ahead, it says, within five minutes, a ragged group of 80 men under Chamberlain's command without any ammunition captured over 400 soldiers. Yeah, over 400 soldiers of the enemy. And I kind of just realized, like, from there, like, that just kind of just completely changed U.S. history and whatnot because there, like, the states would have probably been divided and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, even farther, like, Germany coming through and probably would have wiped out U.S. kind of thing and all, just all that sort of stuff. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, stay dangerous. Charge. And, Charge. Uh, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. And I like to say when you're fighting. Charge. Charge. Migrants climbing over walls. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting date. It was this. I looked this up. This is the second day of the Battle of Gettysburg. Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. That's pretty neat, and uh, it sounds like a dangerous time as well. Yeah, the the war between the states was uh, no joke. No, no. They were not, not fucking around. But you know what? His last name is Battles. Oh, so you got a point there. He's, he's ready. Definitely ready. Stay dangerous. See? Uh-huh. You know, that's another thing, too. Mm-hmm. He's all about go- going right into danger. With his with his war cry, yeah, yeah. So he's already ready. I think. Uh, well, you know, I think Christopher Battles. Uh, he may have. He may be, yeah. Just to call and tell us about it. That's, he may be a time traveler. Maybe straight from the Battle of Gettysburg. Well, thank you so much, Christopher Battles. Thank you for your courage. 
Really? Yeah, your courage and your your battle endurance. Yeah. 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 He probably knew General Lee. Hmm. Maybe. Or maybe he knew the Duke boys. Them Duke oh, boys have got themselves into another pickle. <laughs> That's possible. That that is possible. I see you got a couple of clips here. I do. Uh, this is from the uh, you've you've heard of the the time machine, mm-hmm. the the movie. I got these clips. Oh yeah, where from- uh. Yeah. Yeah. The 1960 movie, The Time Machine. And uh, this is a part of the uh, the movie preview. Oh. I just I just got a couple clips from it. And oh, okay. it's, well, um, it's a it's a fun movie. Um, well, I still want to play this then. Okay. Now for movie reviews with Hot Story. You know, I'm a film enthusiast, too, so. Yeah, uh, this 1960 clip one? Yes, yes. Uh, the first uh, first clip. Oh, it is very low, this. Damn it. Didn't work as... To catapult you through time into a world that is yet to be. Why is it that we usually ignore the fourth dimension? You, you see, we can move in the other three. As the doctor said, up, down, forwards, backwards, sideways. But when it comes to time, we are prisoners. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. And I'm, I'm sorry that uh, maybe the other one's probably as low. Uh, you don't have to play that. I um, know. Oh, I can. I can have it turned up. Oh, okay. And it it's uh, it stars uh, uh, George Powell and uh, Rod Taylor, uh, Yvette Mamou and uh, Mamo. Uh, I believe she's French. Oh, no, she's not French. She just has a French name. Okay. okay. Interesting. And it's a, it's a great movie. And uh, I think my favorite parts was Rod Taylor's character getting into the time machine and watching the, the his surroundings change. Yeah. And the house that he was living in just getting getting demolished and destroyed but this but this one um the storefront he was looking at uh the the mannequin her clothes kept changing that was mm-hmm. so cool <laughs> and then the uh and of course the candle uh uh going going out and uh, the wax um going down oh it's such a great movie have you ever, you've seen it yeah, I have, and the one, uh, the one from two thousand something or other with uh, Guy Pierce. Oh, I had not seen that one. Oh, that, yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Irons is in it. Oh, Jeremy Irons. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. You want me to play the second one? Yeah, you can play the second one. And the Eloy, the tranquil sunshine people, who the Morlocks dominate and maintain like cattle luring them below with the hypnotic wail of the sirens to feed upon them in cannibalistic horror. Oh. Yeah, so scary. The poor Eloy. That was as loud as it would go, sorry. 
that that's okay. The, the Eloy, they got they got a uh, the Sun People massacred. The Sun People just get massacred by the Morlocks. Hey, beat it, spook! This don't concern you. Were were the Morlocks as scary? In the nineteen sixties, Morlocks were so scary. Uh, they were CGified, but uh, you know, if you're young, when you see that guy Pierce one, yeah, they're they're kind of scary. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. For my pants. Yeah, you might be wondering where are your pants. <laughs> you want you want to wear wear those pants? I mean, obviously, I watched Back to the Future as well. Oh yes, the the first one. I like mm-hmm. all three of them. Personally, I like the second one the least. Yeah, oh, interesting. You like the first and the third one, but the second one the least. I think the third one's my favorite. Huh. Yeah, because it's, uh, well, I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. To the 1800s. Yeah, to the 1800s. Yeah. Um, it's pretty fun. I like Western movies anyway. And so Doc Brown in a Western is, is pretty neat and uh mm-hmm. even zz top is there oh that's fun it's been a while since i've seen uh, seen the uh trilogy the back to the future trilogy uh, i should have played this talking about uh uh weeb jail when he was discussing john teeter boy for a guy in the future he doesn't understand time travel <laughs> nice yeah i just so happened to watch a, a beavis and butthead uh, one of the newer ones, uh, where they were talking about time travel. <laughs> that was random. They just popped up. It's uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you put enough uh, out into the universe, and it gives it back. And you wonder how much you got to put into the universe. One point twenty-one gigawatts. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how much. That's yeah. That's a rough estimate. Mm-hmm. Rough estimate. Have you heard of the Philadelphia experiment? I have not, no. Oh. Well, the military was uh, trying to uh, jump in time. They wanted to go, oh. you know, <clears throat> forwards or backwards. They uh, they had this ship, and it just disappeared. Hmm. Hmm, yes. And uh, uh, some people are like, time travel's real because the ship is gone. Uh, I forget when when the actual thing happened. Uh, let me refresh myself. Live on the sh- on the show. Um, uh, it was the USS Eldridge. Oh, okay. So this was in uh, this is in the forties. Yeah. Oh boy. But some people uh, refer to this Philadelphia experiment as to um, proof that the government got time travel documents from. Nikola Tesla's uh, papers and diaries and journals and all that stuff. Because when the government killed him, I mean, when he died totally of natural causes alone in his apartment, um, they confiscated everything and looked over all the paperwork that they found. And then when they had satisfied themselves, they handed it over to the FBI. Guess who the FBI hired? To take a look at this stuff for them. I don't know who. You don't know? No. Well, it was a man mm-hmm. named John Trump. Whoa. Guess who he's related to. Uh, is it is it Donald Trump? 
It is. Call 911. It's his uncle. His dad's oh. brother. And, uh... Oh, there you are again. And, 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 also... Excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, are you dead? Uh, let's see. Did you check my pulse? 11,000. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no, I sent fine. her the white flag of surrender. She said, but what is this? I said, that's the flag of surrender. Yeah, well, I'm I glad you're I find taking dead. your pulse in, on the neck is better. Yeah. Gesundheit. Thank you. And I told her that. Yes. John Trump, uh, DJT's uncle. I have a clip of him talking about some of Tesla's stuff. Oh, okay. Now, this cool. Is, this is kind of noisy. Uh, feel free to stop me at any time. Okay. Dr. Trump was now retired from the company he founded, High Voltage Engineering, but he agreed to meet me at the company office the next morning. In the spring of 1943, Dr. Carl T. Compton, who was then president of MIT, asked me to go to New York and examine the effects of Nikola Tesla. These uh, were contained in a... Um, in an upper floor of a warehouse somewhere in New York City. And uh, I spent a good deal of time examining one by one the papers, the books, and various other memorials that he had, had accumulated. But I was particularly looking for something which would uh, just be evidence of a secret weapon, which I was reminded by the agents, the two agents who were present during the entire time. Uh, was uh, a matter of concern to the United States. In the course of this, I did come across a number of letters directed at the upper echelon of the British Empire, that is, I think, to the King and Queen, or perhaps just to the, uh, the King of England, and also to the Tsar of Russia, explaining that he was the inventor of a secret weapon which had rather remarkable uh, properties mm. and that uh, he would be interested in entering into a negotiation which what would lead to properties? a disclosure of how, what they were. Of course, I spent a good deal of time looking through these papers trying to find out what the nature of this secret weapon was. Mm-hmm. I think I had, although I don't remember it so very accurately, an idea of what its properties were. It had the capability of acting at a great distance of being destructive to flying objects and things of that kind at a place which was remote from the source. But nowhere in his technical papers did I find anything which revealed a, an explanation of just how such a device could operate. Sure you did. I believe that you um also opened another box, uh, supposedly a secret weapon uh, that he left at another hotel. Can you relate that story, please? Yes, when I had uh, substantially concluded my study on the following day, I think that was a Saturday morning, I was reminded by the one of the two agents that there was a, uh, a box uh, being held as a uh, security for an unpaid obligation and uh, that this bell box was uh, an item of considerable value and may indeed itself be the secret weapon 
that it was armed and therefore it probably was not touched. Were you nervous doing this? I found it, uh, I found it a matter of a bit of concern. <laughs> I, however, I realized that this had to be done and so we taxied down to this hotel. Uh, the agents identified themselves and their credentials to uh, the assistant manager of the hotel who led us to a room. This room was essentially at a, empty except for a table and a steel cabinet against the wall, which was opened. I think perhaps he opened it with a key. The cabinet itself was, was empty, except uh, on one of the lower shelves was a package, a box, a rectangular box of ordinary size, which was wrapped in brown wrapping paper. It uh, turned out to be a highly polished box with brass clasps, and uh, it looked more like an instrument case. And after waiting a while and listening a while and remembering that it had been there for quite a few years, I think it had actually been there for about five years as a security, I opened it. It turned out to be a decade resistance box manufactured by, I suspect, an American manufacturer and uh, something of uh, value, but not great value and certainly nothing ominous at all in its, in its nature. So after Dr. Tesla had let the world know of his secret weapon, after he had written letters to the King of England and to the Tsar of Russia, offering them this weapon at a time when both were engaged against the Germans in World War II, no evidence or papers were found which referred to any such secret weapon. My report to Dr. Compton was that I saw no danger in releasing these papers and these relics to his heirs. Miss Musar had arrived too late to know who had opened Dr. Tesla's safe or what had been removed. And Dr. Trump had found nothing which he considered dangerous or a secret weapon. Tesla had been a naturalized American citizen for 54 years, so why were his papers seized by agents of the custodian of alien property? I suspect that governments other than those of the United States, England, and Russia were interested in the inventions of Dr. Tesla. Uh, yeah, sure. They didn't find anything. Sure. Hey, beat it, spook. This don't concern you. Who you calling spook, Tecklewood? That music was uh, in the in the recording. Yeah, that was odd. I don't know it's why like they the were organ playing music. him out. Yeah, right. Like the wrap it up box. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I mean, that's I what honestly, I would do. I honestly don't believe them when they say they didn't find anything there. Because uh, that just doesn't make sense considering how prolific uh, Nikola Tesla was anyway. But, you know, and there's there's plenty of other recordings of uh, Dr. Trump talking about such things. Mm -hmm. But that has spurred people on because Nikola Tesla did write about um, discovering the secrets of time travel, you know. I'll be back in time. He was one of the writers on uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, um, he was a ghostwriter. Yeah, in the Time Machine and um, other other movies. And Basically anything. Anything that had to do with time travel, Nicholas Tesla was there. Nikola Tesla. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure that maybe that was his maybe that was his pen name, Nicholas Tesla. I doubt it. I think that's a great name mm. for for him to pen. Speaking of great names, the. The great names of Lavish and Booberry 
over at Behind oh. the Schemes. We want to give them time on the, the No Agenda stream so they can do uh, their show live for your ear holes. And uh, yes. we know it will be a tremendous show because those are tremendous guys. Oh, we love them. Lavish and Booberry. But our show will continue. Break over a leg, the, you guys. Uh, Lovely you. We will continue on the Hog Story stream. So That's uh, right. On the No Agenda stream, we will say adios, mofos. Adios. There we are. Uh, but yeah, so that has spurred people on to think that Dr. John Trump had found uh, secrets of time travel and shared them with his nephew, a one Donald J. Trump. Wow. And not that this has anything to do with anything, but Donald Trump's birthday was June 14th, 1946, a day that was uh, marked by a total lunar eclipse. Ha! Huh. And it's Flag Day. Hey, look at that. And yep. uh, his, his father... Uh, his father's middle name was Christ. Mm -hmm. His mother's name was Mary. Not that that has Ooh. anything to do with anything. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but no. Uh, are you aware of a of an author named Ingersoll Lockwood? No. 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 Well, oh, and Nikola Tesla. He died January seventh of forty three. Uh, ah. Yeah. But no, this person Ingersoll Lockwood. He was a he was a lawyer in New York City, lived in New York City, and um, he wrote uh, some books that have become famous as of as of late. He wrote them in the late eighteen hundreds, and uh, they're the ones that there's three of them that people uh, will say are like you can call them the Adventures of Baron Trump. Oh yeah, if you've heard yeah. of that, I have of Baron Trump being a time traveler. Uh, so. Yeah, this guy, he, he died in 1918, born in 1841. And uh, I have uh, links to all of these books here. And mm -hmm. um, I can just share them. Let's see. This is the first one. It's probably, uh, yeah, it's one of those, uh, you know, online reading. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Travels and Adventures of Little Baron Trump and His Wonderful Dog Bulger. And uh, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. And oh, there's one. So that one, the, those adventures, uh, he he deals with uh, Russians. He meets a guy named Don. What do you know? Mm -hmm. uh, this one, his marvelous underground journey. He goes into the hollow earth and discovers uh, time travel there to go on even yeah. more adventures. Yes. And. Let's see, this last one here. Let me just copy this and paste that. This one everybody gets in a tizzy about because it's called 1900 or the Last President. <laughs> wow. Where it takes place in New York City. Yes. Where a guy that's a total outsider to the establishment mm -hmm. gets elected as president. Nobody thought he would win, but he wins. Mm. Sending New York City into a total uproar. There are riots. People start looting the uh, mm. the well-off establishments. They want to uh, um, bring down the elites. All that sort of talk that we're all familiar with. Hmm. Yes, that takes place in that book. What, what's interesting is uh, another another outsider who was elected on November 3rd, 
2016. Uh, that was 140 years ago from 1896. Isn't that interesting? Mm. I thought that was interesting. That is kind of uh, interesting, those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And um, let's see. There, now, I found this, uh, this website. It's IngersollLockwood.com. And you have to be sure and, and spell it correctly because there are uh, three L's. I'll uh, post their their Our History page. Okay. Uh, it says, in the late 1800s, our namesake, Ingersoll Lockwood, delivered futuristic and visionary content over a century ahead of his time. Our mission is to build a brighter future for humanity, starting with the resurgence of American exceptionalism and strong defense. Of course, this website has an eagle wing spread talons out for their logo. Mm -hmm. Our namesake, Ingersoll Lockwood, time traveler, mystery man, futurist. Read his books. You decide. <laughs> we profit, uh, invent, fund, license, develop, and sell next generation technologies. Oh, they, this is, we reinvest Government, commercial, international, veteran-owned 501c3 support. Focus on the American innovation. Deliver next-generation solutions. Of course, their board of directors, Samuel uh, Stephen G. Samuels, U.S. Department of Homeland Security. He's the founding member and chairman. Mm -hmm. Vice chairman, James Gorman, U.S. Navy retired. James Hess, U.S. Army retired. He's the director. James Henderson Department of Defense consultant. He's still active. He's the director. Hey, beat it, spook. This don't concern you. Timothy J. Goulden, U.S. Army, retired. He's a director. And Oliver Valles, Esquire, secretary of the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, they are um, pushing this guy's content with the, uh, with the whole, um, you know, he predicted the future with his books sort of angle and uh let's see now there were other books by by mr lockwood that i found interesting let me uh copy this one and, and share it in the chat okay. here okay this is a a play it's called washington uh oop, oop, i lost my page a heroic Walk, yeah. drama of the revolution in, in five, five acts. acts. It was 60 cents back then. Oh. What I liked the most, let me uh, scroll all the way down through it. Yeah, was it was just, um, oh, well, you know, that's, I do believe it's just talking about Washington. And this is the American exceptionalism stuff that uh, he want, he gets into. General Washington says, splendid, splendid, General you have lifted a fearful weight of doubt and solitude from my heart with just with a just cause and such men as those to defend it the liberties of our country are safe but let me bear the peculiars my dear general where was the battle fought blah 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 it was fought in old Bo in old boston anyway there's that there's another interesting thing called the Laconics of Cult. Uh, this one, I was unfamiliar with the term Laconics or Lasonics. 
maybe? I'm not sure. Merriam-Webster uh, says a laconic uh, is using or involving the use of a minimum of words, concise to the point of seeming rude or mysterious. Uh-huh. L-A-C-O-N-I-C? Yes, I'll uh, I'll share the link. Uh, this is all, okay. again, from IngersollLockwood.com. Okay. And uh, the Laconics Occult. The interesting passage was right at the front. It's got a word, another word I'm unfamiliar with, proem. Like poem, but with an R in there. I mean, prose. Like yeah, that's what I was thinking, like prose. Yeah, I think that's what it is. A preliminary comment. Okay. Mm-hmm. A foreword. Okay, well, just say that. No, um, let's see, I'll read it. Uh, do you have the PDF pulled up? Yes. Okay, you can read some of it, too, if you want, which I guess we could play this. Oop. Time now for a hog story. Cold read. Cold, cold read. <laughs> there is but one form of human enslavement more villainous and more detestable than the chains of the tyrant or the shackles of the despot. And that is the enslavement of the human mind under ecclesiastical tyranny, whose cowering and crouching victims at the crack of the priestly lash are driven from the cultivation of their own intelligence, from the custody of their own thoughts, from the guardianship of their own... What? Oh, that word is uh, messed up a little because of the scanner, I guess. Subtles? Of their own souls? Of their own souls. Oh, I see. Yes, thank you. And uh, it helps if I zoom in. Yes, zoom. Their own souls. Oh, from the guardianship of their own souls. And who like whipped dogs trembling and whining in abject submission at the feet of the oppressor, lick the very hand that wields the lash. I'm well aware what a thankless task it is to attack the established order of things, theological, political, or ethical. For in my long life, I have often heard raise the old cry in different form, Great is Diana of the Ephesians! But I make no excuse or apology for my little book. Uh, if it shall turn a single man or woman away from the old path of superstition for so many centuries beaten hard and smooth by tread of millions of poor tired human feet pressing forward in the dust of outworn existential uh, props that the line the way in search of something they never can find I will be satisfied I owe this dear country something for my enjoyment all these years of the priceless privilege of liberty and the pursuit of happiness and this be my gift to my countrymen for I set no copyright upon it. It belongs to anybody who can use it. And if the clerics, theologues, um, uh, sacerdot, uh, sacro, sacerdotes, sacerdotes, I don't know. People that like Socrates, maybe perhaps. Yeah. 
uh, et id omni genus uh, can't bless it, which I should hardly expect. Let them use it as a remedy for torpid liver and hardly curse it. I have only one favor to ask of many of any man or woman who may pick it up, and that is, read it through before you pass judgment upon it. I'm entitled to that much consideration anyway. If monarchs only had the time to read the petitions tremblingly handed upon, handed up to them, there would be more justice done in the world. Ingersoll Lockwood, uh, Saratoga Springs, New York, May 1910. 1910. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, I liked he put no copyright on it. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. To make it uh, available and um, easy to attain uh, this, this piece of work here. But, you know, just to, you know, I'm trying to think of what I'm, how to word it. Uh, well, like he said, to, uh, I guess, free your mind is the easiest way to say it. To help you look at things rationally. And so I haven't read this entire book, but it seems rather interesting. Yeah, yeah, it does seem interesting. Like those last two paragraphs, I think a lot of, a lot of people need to, <laughs> I think that could be, uh, said for a lot of uh, a lot of things yeah like nowadays that's mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure and not just the cult of religion the cult of science yeah i mean of course he wrote it about religion but you could take it that way people are turning science into a cult <clears throat> oh for sure yeah and so with words like that also in 1910 you know that's before what the federal reserve act that's before the income tax but he clearly saw um what was coming down coming down the pike with government overreach and getting a a worse and worse government i mean 1910 that's uh that's what uh 55 years removed from the civil war yeah i think so yeah so they saw that part of government overreach with the uh, Reconstruction Era laws that they were passing. And then 1910, you're coming up the, the murmurs of a Federal Reserve System and an income tax. Those sort of things uh, from Woodrow Wilson uh, were already being discussed. Uh, they had to have been in order, in order for people to be okay with it come time uh, for its implementation. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Now, did he uh, did he travel through time with Baron Trump and write these stories, uh, or even meet a time traveling Baron Trump? Uh, because I mean, there's a character named Don. There's also a character named Pence uh, in the 1900 or the Last President book. Uh, Pence mm-hmm. was uh, the president's secretary of agriculture, not the vice president. But he was still in his cabinet. Laugh Pence of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the guy clearly had foresight and and a functioning brain. Now, I, I do like all the, the, the time travel stuff, though. Definitely. I'll be back.
it's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, all the all the similarities between uh, things in the books and things happening now. Um, mm. Yes, of course. the The name Baron Trump that was the character's uh, title, not his name. His name was Wilhelm something or other, uh, and it's spelled different. Only one R instead of two. Yeah. Um, and Don was a, the character's name. It was also a title instead of his name. Mm-hmm. But it's fun. And yeah, he went fun. into the hollow earth and found oh, the secrets yeah. of time travel. <laughs> and he talked with the Russians. It's complete with the hollow earth. Yes. I think that's my favorite part. And then and then from all of his uh, his time travels and messing around with the space-time continuum and everything, Mm-hmm. The real Baron Trump has been stretched out. That kid's like seven feet tall now. Yeah, I thought he was like 10 feet, 20 feet tall. I think the like, more you travel through time, the taller you get. What are they feeding that kid? Uh, uh Slovenian food, maybe? Probably. Because uh, Melania's um, real close to him. And, and she likes... Uh, she's at least eight feet tall herself. No, nah, like, she's five foot heels. 11. <laughs> but I mean hell Trump himself is 6'3 and Barron's like a fucking foot taller than him oh yeah well isn't that how it's supposed to be you know you're supposed to be taller than your parents yeah if you travel now, through time yeah like if I traveled through time I probably would be taller than my, my dad yeah I don't know I don't know if I'm taller than my mom I mm-hmm. think she's shrinking you know you know how your old people they they shrink. Osteoporosis. Yeah, it could be that too. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> but you know, it is interesting. And now there are illustrations in those Adventures of Baron Trump books that people will say, "Oh, look at this illustration of the character. He looks like a young Baron." I was like, "Yeah, it's a pencil sketch." Yeah, yeah. You can make those look like anybody. Yeah, I look like a lot of spe- pencil sketches. But what is so special about Ingersoll Lockwood? That, I don't know. He doesn't have any relation, as far as I could find, to the Trump family, other than living in New York, which is where they lived. And He's now, got a of, name course, of course, Ingersoll. The, uh, what, what's, the, what's the short form for Ingersoll? I don't know. I feel like uh, the uh, you know, the, the president in his book 1900 or the last president uh, he lived in New York City on Fifth Avenue. Guess where <laughs> Donald? Guess where uh, Donald Trump? You know, as Trump Tower. Oh yeah, Fifth Avenue. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. there's that. I mean, he married a lady named Winifred Wallace Tinker. What a what a nice name. Winnie Tinker. Old, old Winnie Tinker. Old Winnie Tinker. <laughs> That's a great name. Okay, well, Ingersoll had no uh, no children or surviving relatives at the time of his death in 1918, at the age of 77. Hmm. Look at those numbers. And what year was that? When 1918. He died? 1918. That's a good long time. You know, in the in in 1917. 18. 1918 is when he died. Oh, 1918. Born in 1841. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good long life considering. I don't know. Do the, do you think they lived that long back then? 
Yeah, I would say so, especially in an urban center like that where you have uh, better health care, actual yeah. health care, you know. That's true. Yeah, the doctor would probably come to your house, you know, and, and, and like tap on, you know, they'd take the hammer and then they tap on your with the bag and then with a, with a bag. How many how many times do you think you tapped on the knee? Like like three times. Oh, or no, seven. I'm sorry. Uh, seven. Yeah. <laughs> seven. That's a lot of times. And then and you then gotta all test them reflexes, yo. <laughs> test those reflexes. Do they even test reflexes anymore? Do they even care? Oh yeah, they might do it with electricity. How much electricity, you ask? Uh, how much? <laughs> that that's a good way to, to to test to test that. So before we get started, interesting oh, fact. That, no, that's not the one. Sorry. I played the wrong clip. That's okay. Anyway, time travel. Time travel. There there was another another guy that was uh time traveling that I discovered. Uh oh, was he erased from existence? Uh, I think so. Uh, his name was uh, Mike Madman Markham. Whoa, how do you spell that last name? Uh, M-A-R-C-U-M. Okay. And uh, he tried to build Markham. time machine. Markham yeah. Zero, dude. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. Uh, in early '95, uh, he uh, built he built a tried to build a time machine on the porch of his home in Stanbury, Missouri. Uh, he began creating a device called the Jacob's Ladder, and it's it uses a modified compact disc laser to reduce air resistance between two poles. This uh, this will produce a continuous arc. He saw an unusual result when turning on the device. There was heat. There was a heat mark, as you would see on a hot pavement, but it has circular. It has a circular shape like a vortex. Uh, so he decided to throw a sheet metal screw through the vortex to see the effect and what would happen. He claims it disappeared for about a half a second and then reappeared a few feet away a second later. Oh, okay. Yeah. And at the time, he was 21 years old, and he was a student majoring in electricity. When uh, compared to his friends, Markham uh, can be said to be quite intelligent. Uh, apparently, Markham tried to uh, build a time machine because he wanted to get the winning lottery numbers, can't blame him right there, from the future. Well, get, uh, the, get the sports almanac, dude. Yeah, get the small. Yeah, we want to know. Yeah, get get on it. After after tests, the CD laser caught fire. He figured if he was going to rebuild the machine again, he might as well use larger transformers. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh that's interesting. He resorted to the alternative. Uh, the local power station, there was six old transformers. Markham stole six uh, 300 plus pound transformers uh, from St. Joseph Light and Power Generating Station in uh, King City, uh, Missouri. Uh, while testing his experiments, he caused a mass blackout several blocks throughout his neighborhood. 
Um, a few moments later, uh, the sheriff uh, uh, arrested him with a warrant inside his house in 1995 for stealing uh, these transformers. After hey, several months, spook, this don't concern you. <laughs> After several months in prison, uh, then he was invited to become a guest for Art Bell on Coast to Coast Radio. Yes. Uh, and he tells the story of the screw and his plans to build a time machine. He vows that from now on he will do it legally. So wow. that's yeah. Yeah, so uh this is quite interesting. And this uh, article, I'll just drop it in the chat, why not? Uh this article actually has um the uh the scheme of the time machine. Oh yeah, I shared a picture of the guy in there. Oh, okay. Uh there's some of this from Art Bell, let's let's see how much uh, how much. Of course, YouTube doesn't want to play it. Why not, YouTube? Okay. Against their mission. Oh, I bid you all good evening and or good morning wherever you may be across this great land of ours. Um. Nevertheless, you're aware of what this right. I've been briefed. On climate change is doing, and, and what what is it that turned you against their mission so much so that you're now a rogue traveler? Well, you have to think of it. This is the best way I can describe it. Think of something that would save you in this time if you had the ability to time travel. Something that would save you, your friends, your neighbors, your family. And you go back 50 years, per se, 80 years, and you had a choice of killing all those people to save yourselves and your friends. Those people you don't know, their history, they're already dead in your mind. Correct. Uh, killing them is not a huge thing. You can sacrifice them to save yourself. So you know the paradoxes aren't... I know, I understand. The justification is that really uh, these people are, are already dead to them. Correct. They're ancients. It would be like saying I have to go back to ancient Egypt and you don't destroying say. millions of the slaves that built the pyramids. Fuck ancient Egypt. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Is there like someone we can kill? Is there? Hmm. Yeah. If you have DNA, it means you're guilty. <laughs> I never spanked my monkey near a crime scene. That's right. No, he yeah. disappeared in 97. Yeah, disappeared in 97. Nobody. But I I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, it's, this is just going by an article. Like, I don't know if that's true. Maybe changed his name. Maybe went underground. No he, idea. Yes. Shortly after Markham disappeared, a listener called the Art Bell Show to talk about a strange story he had found. In the 1930s, police found a dead man on a beach in California. He was crushed to death in a strange metal tube. The man was unrecognizable and a mysterious device was found near his body. The caller said the device looked like a cell phone. Whoa. Sounds like time travel sounds dangerous. It does. You don't you want to be crushed in a metal tube. No, you don't. Now, what this guy 
Mike Markham should have done was contact um, uh, John Hutchison. Uh, he had all the all those um, crystalline type devices for uh, infinite power. Yeah. Levitation, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it would have helped him, but it might have. Maybe. It's possible. It's possible. You never know. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think? Do you think he actually traveled through time or what? Or was was he apprehended by the government and just put in a black bag and, and thrown away somewhere? Well, I see um, in the chat, uh, I, was, I was seeing a cold acid uh, had mentioned that's not time travel. That's a teleporter. So I wonder maybe he teleported into a bad, like, you know, I, I mean, you could be in a bad place, the bad, wrong place, the wrong time. Well, I mean, technically, teleportation is just extremely short time travel. You're just traveling through time, but it's mm. tiny increments of time. But there's still, you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time. No, that's true. But say you were going to, you know, teleport to, uh, I don't know, a, a planet that orbits Alpha Centauri. That's, mm-hmm. that's four light years away. You're definitely going to be time traveling then. I mean, you time travel every time you look at the stars because all of that light takes a certain amount of time to get here. So all these distant galaxies we're viewing, we're viewing their past. Oh, that's their past. Yeah, like Alpha Centauri, oh. that star, in uh, uh, it it's four light years away. So the light we see is four years old. Uh, are we their fu- are we their future? Well, no. If they're looking at us, they're seeing our past. Also, they're seeing us four years in the past. Oh, okay. So I'm younger. I'm better looking. This is great. Sure. Well, at least they get to have better. <laughs> <laughs> At least they get to have better uh, uh, view of me. Yeah, and some of and and That's uh, nice. Baron Spud the Mighty's right. Some of these stars don't even exist anymore. They've gone through their life cycle, and um, we're we're seeing them when they were alive. But you know, things things that are uh, millions of light years away, like they've already existed. Some stars have gone nova by now. I mean, we have we see supernova in the sky. Often. Oh yeah, that's true. And so that event happened in in that star's past. It, it, you know, whatever's happening now, we can't see because it takes so long for the light to get here. Hmm. So we're time travelers. I'll be back in time. Why don't yeah. we uh, listen to a voicemail? Well, hit me with a voicemail. I didn't call you. I didn't call you. I'm sorry. This number is no longer working. No, it, it's working. Trust it me. is. Four three zero two zero one four eight four one. We wouldn't have a jingle if it wasn't working. No. But don't worry, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out the time travel thing. Science always has an answer. That's right. I'm working really hard uh, making phone calls. Yeah, me too, buddy. Me too. So, uh, I think I realized I already probably have one uh, message in the queue. Uh, yeah, that's all right. But and then I left another one. But uh, I want to get the story out of my out of my head because otherwise, in a week, I might forget it or whatever. Uh, I might forget it tomorrow. Uh, I'll forget it by tomorrow. But if I didn't say it, but. Uh, 
anyways, I go to this Kroger by my mom's. Uh, I've been staying with her. Uh, and I went and drove. I usually drive home at night to check my mail and shit. But uh, anyways, I stopped at this Kroger by her. It's crazy craziest goddamn Kroger on the face of the earth. I swear to God. Uh, it's very bizarre. Last night, a guy walking out of there was like, what the fuck? And uh, I kind of started laughing. And he looked over at me. He's like, have you been in this Kroger lately? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I get it. It's bad. So uh, they usually either have a humongous line or they have, like, uh, tonight the uh, lady needed help <laughs> at her uh, self-checkout uh, unit. And the two ladies that were manning that were uh, I don't know, talking about relationships and stuff, I believe. Uh, and just then the lady's like, uh, I need some help after, like, quite a little time that you stand on there and they were kind of like, oh, hold on, I'll be right over there. And they continued to uh, just chit chat. So, uh, yeah, no fucks to give. <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, as I'm walking through there <laughs> tonight, uh, an announcement comes over the spe- over the loudspeaker and it's a guy doing uh, attention all employees. The back door is open for sanitation because I repeat all employees the back door is now open for sanitation uh, I literally I'm a little bit high so I started uh, <laughs> to giggle I haven't had those in a long time and I kind of had to go uh, someplace in the store so uh, I didn't uh, I don't know my 12 year old brain uh, thought that was quite funny and I figured I'd recite it for you guys anyway uh oh looks like we got a giggler on aisle 7 <laughs> You want to just run in the bathroom real quick? And, Butt fuck? Yeah. I think that's what he meant by the back door is open for sanitation. <laughs> I think that's what they meant, yeah. It's code. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got to be discreet like that when you're on the PA in the in the Kroger. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? Yep. Uh, We got another voicemail. Oh, hit me with a voicemail. You're Jeff Goldblum. Adorable. I literally can, like, pick up a cell phone with my toes, dial. Hey, John and Carolyn. It's hey. Mutter. Hey, Mutter. Yeah, about the question of the night, uh, where would you go if you could time travel? Joe I guess Biden what, said the come. question is, oh, when sorry. would you go? Well, of course. Where would you go in time? And but I guess most you can people still go to go in the past. Because, you know... Usually in time travel movies like uh, the Time Machine, um, I don't know, I don't know about the original one, but the, the more recent one with um, uh, Guy Pierce, I think. Yeah. He went back to try to save his fiance from getting murdered. Spoiler alert! It's an old movie. If you haven't seen it. Um, and uh, he found that he couldn't. That uh, fate is like something about fate that Death, she was meant uh, to die on that day, and he saved her from dying the original way. But then, subsequently, she she died another way, and then so that's kind of like it was kind of like the lesson. It's like don't you know don't try to live in the past, and you know try you know that live for today. For tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. So let the people you that you're close with, your your mm-hmm. friends and family, let them know how you feel about them. And and also 
if you if you know or you have this feeling that someone close to you is in danger, like they're doing something dangerous, like delivering food in a bad neighborhood for a living, that you stop them, even if it means you have to, you know, give them money until they find another job, things like that, that um, sometimes it's not easy, but you can learn lessons from the past without going there. That's this is I'm actually saying. dangerous. And um, just be kind to the people around you. Just getting a little deep. Sorry. In the smoker. In the smoker, mutter. Don't stay yeah, in safe, the smoker. but live dangerously. Yeah, yeah. Somet- sometimes, uh, just to, to add to what Mutter was saying, sometimes I can see things into the future. What? And sometimes... I I just know I, I get a feeling about something, and and sometimes it's a it's a, you know it, it might not be a nice thing that you want to hear, but I have to tell you if I if if I have to tell you I have to tell you, and um, I've I've done that before. I still I, you know I still don't regret um, telling telling people. Yeah, I thought people Whether, in the future were supposed to be smart. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this hot dog is full of things not known to our time. But thank you, Mutter, for for your voicemail. It and feels and the spoiler. And the spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so what do you want to do here in the future? Uh let's go in there and get a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not let's. hungry yet. Uh then let's go another hour in the future when it's lunchtime. Oh, yeah, good idea. You can get yourself, uh, yeah, you can just wait. You can. Yep. And then there you go. There's your feature. And you're back in time. (laughs) Oh, those are great. (laughs) Most of us at some point in our lives get our tongues tied up and can't say what maybe what we intended to, so I'll take another crack at it. You must release the almighty bunghole! You must. Uh, you must. I mean, uh, the back door is open for sanitation. <laughs> yep. That's what I mean. <laughs> so why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? That's pretty funny. I can't get out of here. We got one voicemail left. Oh, hit me with a voicemail! Joe Biden said, come. And most of them come with a phone number. You know, for a smart guy, you really are a dumbass. If I had a time machine. Yep. I think I'd go back in time to rape myself so that I could learn a lesson finally in the dangers of masturbation. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, caller. Done coming. Still jacking Jeez. Your dick? Are you still jacking your dick? Wow. No way, Baton. Maybe that's what the caller was doing. Hey, that blue shirt there. Uh. Caller should really lock the door. You know? Yeah. He's gonna be doing that. Like, I, all I wanted to know, all I wanted to tell him was, you know, dinner's ready. Any girl and, who calls up a boy is just asking for trouble. And I just go ahead and open the door, and there he is. Erase Jeez. from existence. 
Yeah, and hand me that blue shirt over there. Jeez. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Or my pants? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I think we need to, like, talk to some NPCs. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. I think, Scholar. Thank you, Caller. Let's Excellent. go find a flamethrower so we can come back and blow him up. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we're not going to do that. No. No, we're not. No. Uh... So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Maybe. Are, are we a tree? Uh, we are. Is but... this show a tree right now? Well, we got boostograms like we can read from the tree. Of boosts. Well, I'm going to let you start. Ah, uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, we got one. Oh, it's Ned Ned with three thousand three hundred thirty-three sets saying, "I never teetered a totter, but I'd teeter one." Oh, he would teeter one. Yeah, he would. And that was Straight the only from- that was the only one we didn't get to. Oh, well, that's uh, that's all right. Um, but uh, we are. Podcasting 2.0 compliant. So uh, get yourself a, a new podcast app by going to nudepodcastapps.com and uh, you can stream some uh, Satoshis while you listen to Hog Story. That That's way, always fun. Yeah, that way we won't be erased from existence. That's right, because we want, we're going straight into the future. I'm wearing. My my sunglasses, I you know inside, because the future of podcasting is so bright. Got to wear sunglasses while I podcast. That's the way it is. Um, but uh, if you that's that's how you show that's how you can give value to the show. If you got any value back, um, call up and, you can and al- tell them that you want to keep this station on the air. You can also go to hogstory.com/slash/donate. As well, if you're so inclined, uh, that does help uh, help produce the show. And um, we'll be back on Monday. Monday, Monday, uh, for uh, episode three twenty. That's a hundred. That's a hundred behind four twenty. So I mean, three twenty was the time I used to get out of school. Same here. Yeah, I'd get out at 3.20. Um, sometimes I'd get out a little earlier uh, because, uh, you know, it's my decision. I could do what You're I want, right? You're the of asses. That's, you know what? Really, I didn't think so. No. I thought I was very smart for, for leaving whenever I wanted to. But you know what? Um, we're going to be back 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, hogstory.stream. You can check us out live. And uh, I have been Carolyn. And I... I'm not any taller, so I guess I haven't been traveling through time. Uh, I am Cornholio. (laughs) No, I am Fletcher. You've been in the smoker with us. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, participating in the chat. And uh, check out the show notes, because there will be a literal fuck ton of material for you to go over so yeah until uh until monday adios mofos 
Adios. You butthole, you're still alive. I never spank my monkey near a crime scene. Healing is mortal. If you have DNA, it means you're guilty. Look, I don't want to mess with no reefer addicts, okay? Be nice. You're a slacker. This is what makes time travel possible. Now give me a kiss and say goodnight. Calm down. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here?